This is Jim Gleason, and you're listening to the We're Alive Fancast. Welcome to the We're Alive Fancast. Welcome to episode 30 of the We're Alive Fancast. This is Mick, and Redbeard is currently out of pocket right now, but he might be joining us on this very soon. And uh, tonight we have a special guest, and if you watch primetime television, the chances mm-hmm. are you've seen our, our guest this evening many times. He's been in some of, of uh, my favorite shows, and I'm sure you've seen him in some of yours. He also runs an acting class called uh, Love Your Auditions, and from what I've seen, he has excellent teaching skills and is mm-hmm. very encouraging to the actors he mentors. Of course, you know him as Michael Cross, but hopefully in our short time tonight, you'll learn much more about the man who voices him, Jim Gleason. Thanks for being on the show with us tonight, Jim. You're welcome, Mick. Thanks for having me. That's excellent. And uh, I saw I saw just an, an article right before we started tonight. It said you're from, is it Mandeville? Is that that's how you say right. it? That's right. Mandeville. That's where I am right now. Mandeville, Louisiana. And mm-hmm. Redbeard's been telling me about there's been some kind of like, I don't know, a lot of there's a lot of film and TV stuff going to New Orleans recently. Yeah. Is that what brought you back home? It is indeed. Uh, I uh, living out in Los Angeles. Uh, never really felt like home to me, and I have a daughter that lives back here. Uh, anyway, and I, I would come home three or four times a year to spend time with her. And uh, when the film and television industry began to really grow here, uh, it it really set the tone, the possibility for me to come home. And then at the end of this end of the year in 2010, I was home for Christmas, and I met a beautiful woman, <laughs> and she's a hometown Mandeville girl which I always had a fantasy about meeting and marrying. And uh, so I went, I went over and introduced, introduced myself to her. I knew who she was, but we'd never really spoken. And uh, the sparks flew. And from that point forward, it was a, kind of a done deal. We did long distance for about a year. And I finally moved home in March of 2012. So we're coming up on my two-year been home. And we got married in October of 2012. So we've been married for a little over a year now. And so I've got family. And I've got other family here too, my brother and his family. But uh, I got family here, and I can teach and work as much as I did when I was living in Los Angeles. Wow, that's great! It's nice to be able to come home and keep doing what what I'm sure you love to do and what you're great at. True. So uh, I want to go jump into some weird live questions. I've got a couple here before we get back to other things about you. Sure. Uh, we've heard from others in the show or on the show that Casey adds parts of of each actor into each character. And mm-hmm. in what ways are you and Michael alike? I think I would say that uh, I've always been uh, independent, and if I've had the opportunity to lead, I've been a respons- very responsible leader. And I think I have that in common with Michael. Uh, when I was living in Los Angeles, I decided to form a band, uh, and we played. I had a vision for the band, and I was the leader. And basically, I took, kind of took charge, and it went even better than I even hoped blossomed into something bigger than I really thought it would, which was great. It wasn't a huge success, but for me, it was for me it was a huge success. Uh, so in that way, we're similar. And also, uh, my sarcasm, sense of humor, and uh, and I would say uh, at times I can get I won't say intolerant, but <laughs> ineptitude and and selfishness annoys me. So I think that Michael and I have that in common as well. Oh yeah, was there anything that that uh, Casey? I don't know, just through knowing you said, hey, Michael, I was planning this, but I think we're going to go this way since that's kind of like you. No, you know, he never really has said anything like that. Uh, he, he did mention early on that once we started recording uh, as a group, that each person who is you know, inhabiting the character they were playing, right. he got to know their personalities and he would write in what he felt would be a strong um, 
quality for for them. So so we just get the scripts, you know, and and yeah. it's and it's it just we just read what, what's written there, and it's really he's very adept at knowing our personalities and t- sort of tailoring the the characters to our personalities. Okay, cool. So he's so we've never really talked about it. He's just done it. Yeah. Well, a lot of fans uh, seem to think that that you know Michael is kind of a lot of Casey. Like Casey puts himself into each character, but that Michael mm-hmm. really holds a lot of Casey. Do you do you see that as well? You know, uh, it's hard to say because I I just see the character through my own eyes. I just to me I'm Michael. Right. Uh, and I don't I I. Casey's great. I really think he's a great guy, but I don't really, we never really hung out socially a lot. Right. So I don't know him on, on a deeper level, like a friend. You would know a friend that you knew forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I don't know. I, could, I can't tell you that, you know, this side of his personality is Bert and this side of his personality is Michael and this side of his personality is Datu. You know, I can't tell you yeah. that. Uh, but uh, certainly I think he probably has a strong affinity for Michael because that's, you know, most of the voiceovers and most of the narration is from Michael's point of view. The story is really told by Michael, and I'm sure that uh, when he first wrote it and as he writes it, he's he's very close to the character of Michael himself. Right. I didn't like that question either. <laughs> I was just going to see what would happen with that. I might not even include that one. And the last Weird Live question I have for you, and Redbeard might have one or two if he gets on the call in time, mm-hmm. is... Uh, so you play the main character, as we've covered, the star of the show. Can you, you pick your favorite We're Alive moment? Wow. Because, I mean, being the star, you have, you know, you've been in so many different scenes. I just wonder if you could pick one or a couple out that really stick out to you. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, quite frankly, one of my favorite moments has yet to be uh, aired. Great. So once once coming up, I can't. That, that sounds like a real cop out, but it's just <laughs> the truth. It's just the truth because we recorded it actually last week. And uh, I was real happy with that. Uh, I think, oh, <laughs> when I hit when I, when I was at the colony, I hit the dude with the shovel. Right. I really liked that. That was a good scene. I like the attitude, and I like hitting the dude with the shovel. He, he just uh, had enough <laughs> at that point, huh? Yeah, and, and then yeah, and then there was another <laughs> another sequence where Peg and I were swimming, and uh, Casey had the idea to use the actual. They have an actual sort of mini pool. In the Foley stage where we where we record, and so his idea was let's just fill that with water and have you really swim while you do the dialogue, which was actually a lot of fun. Except the water was freezing. <laughs> I mean, it would he put in warm water, but it just got cold real real quick, and it was just <laughs> we were done. I was like, oh my god, I will not do this again unless I'm in an actual hot tub. Um, that sounds like it'd be pretty hard to forget. Yeah, and I think uh, I tell you, I, I really enjoyed. The first ever episode, and I know it better than the others because uh, we did. That was our first live event, so we recorded the first one. Obviously, when we recorded the first episode, and then we did the live event, and we did a lot of rehearsal for the live event. And the, so it's the episode that I know more than the others. And uh, I think the introduction of the story was just a blast. So I would say that. Yeah, and those live events are amazing to watch to see all. Uh, be able to go through all that. I haven't been to one personally, but I've seen you know the replays online. That- that's got to take a lot of practice to be able to be that uh, in tune with each other. It it takes. We are in tune with each other for the live events, but personally, I'm more in tune with the time clock. Even like I've done two live events. One, I was physically there. The other, I was actually here where I am sitting now in front of the computer because I couldn't be there. I was working on a, a movie called Lee Daniels the Butler, and uh, and I couldn't leave Louisiana to come to the live event. So I did 
my part sitting in front of my computer. Were you standing up in that? In I thought in, I saw uh, a picture of that tonight. The the first live event, yes. Okay. But not the second. The second live event, uh, I, I was sitting down like I'm sitting down right now. It seems like it was called the Fudge or something like that. It was a weird name. Oh, oh no, no, that was that was me recording. Uh, I record my parts for We Are Live here in Louisiana. Okay. Uh, so uh, that was Fudge Studios, and that's th- at that time we were using Fudge Studios, which is a recording studio. To and uh, Casey would read opposite. He would read my lines, and then we, they would record my lines at Fudge, and then send them over to Casey in California. And then he did he edited my stuff in with all the stuff that they were recording together as a group. So that's what you saw. Oh wow, that's really good. You you can't even tell. I know. That's, and that's I know. Gotta, and is that hard for you to do? No, it's not. You know, this is the fourth year that we've been recording. And uh, and I know the character of Michael real well, and obviously I know all the other characters real well. So uh, God bless Casey, but he's not as talented as the actors that he's hired. So <laughs> he's gonna kill me when he hears this, I guess. But he reads op- he reads opposite me. He reads all the lines opposite me, and then I put my lines in. Uh, so uh, and that way I have gotten to know him pretty well. But uh, but uh, that's pretty good. We should hear some of those cuts where he did that. I'm sure he's recording. <laughs> That would be funny. All right. Uh, I've got a, some more questions about you. Sure. Okay. So, and just preparing to talk to you tonight, I watched a video on YouTube called Jim Gleason, LA Acting Coach, that aired uh-huh. on a show called, I think, Hollywood Trials. Yeah. And I've just got to say, I mean, you are you're very motivating. You seem like a great teacher. And I'm not even in the acting or anything like that, but I wanted to be in that class. <laughs> <laughs> that looked like a good time. And you just have a real... You have a, a way about you that it seems very, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it's just something you look for in a, in a good teacher, somebody that's going to kind of encourage you and help you, but also give you some hard truths here and there to make mm-hmm. you better. Thanks, Mick. Um, yeah, you know, I, as an instructor, I mean, I feel like uh, as an actor, I have uh, certain qualities that I'm really happy with. And as an instructor, the same way. Uh, the main thing that the, the main thing I pride myself on is I'm first of all I'm an actor so I do it and so the students that that have me as an instructor they're learning from someone who's actively pursuing it right plus I know like I don't, don't want to toot my horn too much but uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm at a level in my career where when my students are not quite at the, where I am right so I know I'm, and there, and I've got a ways to go too before you know before all said and done but um. I know where my students are because I've been there and it sounds kind of hokey because uh, as an instructor, that's my business. Right. But it's almost as it is as fulfilling when they book something as it is for the me to just have them as a student. Like I'm happy for them. I'm excited for them because I know what that's like. Like I had one of my students, David, uh, a guy named David, uh, just booked his first lead role in a short film, but he's never had a lead role before. And he's all, he's super jazzed. And, I know what that's like, so I'm so happy for him. And uh, one of the things that I like to promote on Facebook when I promote my classes, or, or if I send out emails, is is the success of my students and what they're doing. So their success, while it's more important to them, obviously because it's their career, mm-hmm. it's I like to feel it's almost as important to me because I I like helping them. That's great. Is that your love your auditions? Uh, I guess it's your. Is it what the class is called? Yeah, that's that's the slogan that I have. I'm I'm actually considering changing it. 
the name of my studio to the Working Actors Studio, which I, I kind of like the sense of that. But so much work involved in changing your your logo. But <laughs> yeah, I think that's the only thing that's stopping me. Uh, but uh, yeah, love your auditions. That's the the reason I came up with that was most actors hate auditions. Right, I, they, I could they, understand that. They see, yeah, they see them as like a stepping stone to something else or a hoop they have to jump through in order to get what they want. But if you love your auditions, because that's what you do mostly as an actor is audition, if you love that process, A, it's going to be fulfilling, and B, usually if you love it, it you get more bookings. So the classes that I have are designed to have pe- to have people you know, uh, have a real solid foundation in preparing for their auditions and feeling really well prepared and comfortable. And... It's not only an audition class either, because anything that I teach, you can also use when you book a, a show or a play or whatever. So that it's an acting class, but the focus is auditioning. So are you able to do that in New Orleans also? Oh, yeah. I teach, I teach classes in New Orleans and Baton Rouge, which is about an hour 15, hour, hour 15 for me. Right. And, uh, and here in my own hometown of Mandeville. So I teach three, three different classes. That's really great. And, uh, to an outsider like me, it, it looks like, and you just mentioned something about your career, you know, you being at a certain point in your career. It mm-hmm. looks looks to me, just as, as, you know, a guy that doesn't know anything, like your mm-hmm. career has really taken off starting around the same time that We're Alive started. Mm-hmm. Um, have you been doing anything differently or what? how does that work? What's the no. catalyst, I guess? No, I was, I was working in, in film and television before We Were Alive and uh, it's just... Uh, I would say that. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that we're alive. Uh, jettisoned you up. You know your career mm-hmm. in an upward path. But I was just saying this looked like in the last few years you've started to really being a lot more things at least. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I, a lot of it comes from experience. Uh, and you know, if you have ability as an actor and you audition for a show, let's say you audition for you know something like uh, House. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Okay. Grey's Anatomy. Audition for Grey's Anatomy. When you go in for that role, obviously you want to book that job. But really, the truth is, you're not just auditioning for that. You're auditioning for everything the casting director is going to be casting. So part of it is being on the scene, having the casting directors get to know you. And if they like you, they'll continue to call you in until they find the fit for you on whatever show it is that they cast. So a lot of it is that, you know, it's just being around. Like, you know, you know John Goodman um, from film and TV. Mm -hmm. Um, When he first... When, you know, when Roseanne, that was his first big thing. But he'd been in Hollywood for 10 years, you know, mm-hmm. working hard, pounding the pavement and having, you know, right. little to medium success. And uh, and then somebody interviewed him and said, oh, look, you're like an overnight star because <laughs> it's the show Roseanne. And he was like, no, I've been at it for 10 years, man. And so that's really what it is. It's you just got to stick at it for a long time. And eventually, you know, you grow as a person, you grow as an actor and you and the, your contacts grow and then it pays off. That's really neat. So uh, you were on American Horror Story uh, this last year. I was. And Redbeard and his wife, or his Redbeard's wife was watching it. And while he was in the other room doing something, he just, he heard Michael Cross. <laughs> he heard his voice. <laughs> and he, you know, had to run in there and see what, what was going on, you know. That's funny. And I've heard a lot of other We're Life fans that have had that same kind of reaction. That, like, I guess they were looking away or something and they heard, you know, your voice. And it's like, what's going on here? Wow, that's a real compliment. Thank you. So you have a very uh, recognizable voice to all the Weird Life fans. Awesome. But uh, our final question is, if you could pick any of the characters from Weird Life to survive with in like a zombie apocalypse, who would mm-hmm. you who would you choose? Hmm. If I could pick any character to survive with in a zombie apocalypse, who would I choose? 
I think based on uh, based on uh, the relationships that exist in the show We're Alive. Are you talking about Jim Gleason or are you talking about Michael Cross? Oh, I'm talking about Jim Gleason. Oh, me. Okay. <laughs> Who would I pick? And which character? Not yeah. uh, not cast member. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I think Skittles. No. Um, that was a joke. Uh, he'd make it. He makes it. <laughs> he, yeah, he flies in under the radar. <laughs> um, who would I pick? I, you know, that's a tough question because everybody has their own individual skill set. I think that's why they all exist together is that each one brings something to the table. Right. It would not be Kelly. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Tammy, but that's just the case. <laughs> uh, We've we got to talk to her. She's really neat. Yeah, she's great. She's super uh, talented and experienced as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's really cool. Um, man, I don't know. Uh, who would, uh, from a, from a pure survival standpoint? Yes, I would probably say. I guess my first, my gut instinct was to say Saul, so I'll say Saul. Yeah, Saul's a good pick, I think. Yeah, he's uh got nine lives too. It seems like right, <laughs> right. Just can't kill him. <laughs> well. Mind if we just chit chat or something, and maybe just make it into the show too if we're waiting for sure for him to show up. Sure. So, oh, you were talking about your wife earlier. Y'all, mm-hmm. So, when did y'all get married? October fourteenth, two thousand twelve. Very nice. So, yeah, we're still feeling that newlywed bless, even though technically we're out of the first year. Yeah. It's been a year and four months, but we still have that newlywed bliss going on. So it's awesome, and we just uh, we uh, just made an offer on a house that was accepted. So we're hoping that goes through congrats is that yeah. mandeville or it is indeed very cool i had to look it up because i don't i mean i've been down there once and uh-huh. once it's, i saw some something referred to it as the north shore uh-huh. and i was like i bet they're talking about pontchartrain that's right so i had to look it up but so it's right, a, i mean it's right there with everything yeah there's a bridge that uh, crosses lake pontchartrain it's 24 miles long and it's the longest uh, bridge I think I think somebody built like the Chinese or somebody or the Japanese built a bridge longer, but for the long for a long time it was the longest bridge in the world. And uh, if you get on that bridge in the the suburb of New Orleans called Metairie, which is to the north, you get on that bridge. Once you get off the on the north side of the of the of the lake, which is the North Shore, right. you're right there in Mandeville. Huh. Now what about the uh, is that what about the bridge along the south side of Pontchartrain? Is that the same one? Or is that a different uh, one? The one There's heading only, into New Orleans, if I was coming from Little Rock, that's the same one. It's the same one. Yeah, you, if you went, if that's the route you, route you took, you passed through Mandeville when you went to New Orleans. Oh, great! We, uh, <laughs> Redbeard and I, actually were on that bridge, and there was a, a storm of some kind coming through, and it seemed like we were really kind of thrown off because there was water flowing north, <laughs> and we were thinking, what is going on? <laughs> like, now, are you, you're not talking about the river; you're talking about the lake, right? I think I'm talking about the lake. Okay, but I'm really not sure. It could it could have been either either one. Uh huh. But yeah, we had a good time down there. And my how long ago was how long ago was that? Um, let's see. When was Katrina? 2005. 2005. So it was either 2007 or 2008. Okay. We went down to help. Uh, uh, we went down to try to drywall and just help these people that were trying to get back into their houses and things. It was we were still surprised that two years after that, <laughs> uh, there was still so much work to be done. Right. And I'm sure there still is. I mean, it was just devastation. In places there is, yeah. Yeah. So, let's see. Do you have any plans tonight that I'm interrupting on? Yeah. My oh. wife and I have been, uh, we just got uh, uh, Netflix, and we've been going through the entire series Lost, and we're on the ser- series finale. 
and uh, you're interrupting us, Mix. I'm really angry. <laughs> oh, are you serious? You? Yeah. We just talked about that in our last podcast. Oh, we kidding. actually had to cut it out because Redbeard spoiled the crap out of it. Yeah, don't say anything. Oh, I'm not going to say anything. Don't tell me. <laughs> We're close to the end, so don't ruin it. So me. you're actually you're watching the season finale. Yep, series finale. The, the, I'm sorry, the series finale. Yeah. Yikes. Are you going to be in L.A. for the series finale of We're Alive? Yeah, I just got in touch with Casey about that, and I told him, I said, uh, I, I want to be there. If if a big commercial or a big movie came up, I'd, I'd have to bow out, but uh, I've the the chances of that happen are pretty slim, so it's a pretty fa- safe bet that we'll be there. That'll be great. We, we're trying to find some way to make it over there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You, you fly, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably fly out there. <laughs> All right, well... Uh, I've taken up enough of your time, I guess. We've, we're wrapping up almost 30 minutes here, and I appreciate you giving us that extra time. I'm going to give you something that you can edit into this episode. You ready? I am. Tough luck, Redbeard. He who snoozes loses, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, if, if there's any way we could um, talk to you later on in the season, we'd love to do that again. We could probably do something like that in the future. Okay. All right. All right. Well, enjoy the series finale of Lost. Thanks, Meg. Right. Have a great night. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the We're Alive Fancast. If you would like to send feedback to the show, you can email us at we'realive at mickred.com, and we will read your mail on the show. We want to know what you think about We're Alive each week. Tweet us or email us your theories and reactions to that week's show. You can tweet us at at WAFancast. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mickred is always spelled M-I-C-K-R-E-D. You can find the We're Alive Fancast on Facebook. Just search We're Alive Fancast. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghostpocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mickred production. We'll cut all that out so we don't look like complete numbskulls. <laughs> that sounds like a professional term. It's awesome. All right, and I'm going to do something else I've never done so far. Uh, just I want to try to introduce you. Okay. And I'm not sure how that's going to come off. <laughs> I wrote a little a little something. I'm pretty thick-skinned, so I don't think you have to worry too much about that. Is that can you hear me now? I can, yeah. You sound... Sounds excellent. Yeah, I've got uh, the second time we did an event. Uh, I have this special microphone that I used because they did it in Los Angeles and I was here. Right. So uh, now I kept the mic and it's it's awesome. Yeah, it sounds crystal crystal clear. Okay. <laughs> but that's the best. I think it's better than Kay- how Casey sounded. <laughs> Good. Maybe we just have a better connection. But yeah, it's possible too. You sound great, so. Okay, good. Let me. I got to adjust my mic too. So, are we? Uh, a little bit. Is this going? This isn't going live. You're just going to record it, right? No, this isn't going live. We're going to record it, and probably, I'm, I'm guessing, depending on how everything goes, we'll probably release it uh, not this following Monday, but the Monday after that, on the you know the the hiatus week. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably drop it then. Sure. And my buddy uh, Redbeard, who we co-host. The, the We Are Live fancast. He's going to join us about 9.30. Okay. Maybe he said he might be a few minutes after that, but we can go ahead and start then. Okay, cool. He can, and he can join us. But uh, 
Tough luck, Redbeard. He who snoozes loses, buddy. 